Welcome into this week's edition of the Stone Throw Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone. A lot of things to uh, to get to on uh, today's show. Uh, we'll talk about uh, how the Raptors have been able to come back from a 2-0 deficit in this series against the Bucks. Uh, we'll talk about will, was Clay Thompson snubbed from the uh, from an All NBA team. Also, LeBron James has begun recruiting uh, for the Lakers for this uh, this offseason. We'll talk about who he uh, could potentially land, and also uh, talk about how the uh, the Cowboys should handle Ezekiel Elliott's uh, repeated troubles and his uh, his contract uh, situation that'll be coming up for the Dallas Cowboys. But first, starting off, talking about how the uh, the Bucks have blown a 2-0 lead, and now the Raptors lead the Eastern Conference Finals three games to two. They're on the cusp of making it to the uh, to the NBA Finals for the first time ever. The, the big difference in this series since they got down 2-0, the Raptors didn't panic. They have guys who have been in these games before. Kawhi Leonard has won an NBA championship before. Kyle Lowry has been to the Eastern Conference Finals before. Danny Green has played in the NBA Finals before. Mark Gasol has a lot of playoff experience. Serge Ibaka has played in the NBA Finals and in Conference Finals before. They have a lot of experienced guys on this Raptors team that have been there before. And in the Bucks' case, they really don't have anybody who's been in this uh, this situation before. So, you know, when the Raptors got down 2-0 and they were heading back to Toronto, they didn't panic. They knew they were still in okay shape. They, they always say the, steer, the series doesn't really begin until a team wins a game on the road. And we saw that last night with the uh, the Raptors taking a 3-2 series lead and pulling that momentum that they took in Toronto when they evened the series up on the road with them to, uh, to Milwaukee last night. So it, it's just been, I think, the experience – of uh, of the Raptors, also you know, as far as the debate about who the best player in basketball today is, Giannis is out. I- I'm sorry, <laughs> after the first five games of this series, Giannis is out of that discussion. And that discussion comes down to LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Kawhi Leonard. Those are the three guys, and, and you can throw Steph Curry in there if you want to, uh, because of the the changes and the the things that he's done that have made the game different today but Giannis still has more work to do before he can get into that discussion and Kawhi Leonard has flat out outplayed Giannis in this series it it really hasn't been that close Uh, Kawhi has been absolutely fantastic uh, in these Eastern Conference Finals And, and the fact that you know he's been to an NBA Finals has performed on the big stage before People, it's like people have forgotten that because it feels like it was forever ago when the when the uh the Spurs beat the Heat and Kawhi was a big part of the reason why uh, that you know people kind of for, have forgotten that, but he has uh, he's really come to the forefront in these playoffs. Had his seventh uh, thirty-five point game of the postseason last night, and he he's been absolutely spectacular. And, and his ability to make difficult shots—that that, that's the thing. I mean, outside, I don't know, you know him and Kevin Durant are probably the two best difficult shot makers in the NBA. And and by that I mean they're pretty much always contested, but their length is so good, and they they get the ball up so high that they're able to knock the shot down anyway. Don't get me wrong, Steph and Clay Thompson make difficult shots all the time from distance, but a lot of times they get better looks and a little more separation on those shots than what Kevin Durant and guys like Kawhi Leonard get. And, and Kawhi's shooting off the dribble, his pull up game and step back game has really gone to another level uh, this postseason. It's been something that's been uh, been truly incredible to watch. And speaking of Kawhi, I think it's going to be really interesting 
if the Raptors win and advance to the finals, is that enough to convince Kawhi to stay in Toronto? Uh, because, you know, what? why not? Uh, if you go and you lose to the Warriors and free agency takes place and Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors and, and the Warriors obviously, you know, even if they win without Kevin Durant, they won't have Kevin Durant on the roster. So it's going to be a little bit of a different dynamic for the Warriors next year. So if you're Kawhi, you know, do you maybe stay in Toronto and try to run it back as opposed to leaving and try to try to take another shot at the Warriors next year? Maybe give the Raptors a chance to add a piece or two that can maybe put them over the top. I think that's something that you know Kawhi is really going to have to think about if they end up making it to the uh, to the NBA Finals. Because let's face it, if the Clippers get Kawhi Leonard and they don't get like a Kevin Durant. They're not competing with the Warriors. Just just keep it honest. Uh, now, if Kawhi were to go to the Lakers and you know they add another free agent like a Kemba Walker or Kyrie Irving, then maybe we've got something to talk about as far as competing with the uh, with the Warriors. But if it, if it's Kawhi going to the Clippers and they don't bring in you know Kevin Durant with him, they're not competing with the Warriors next year, and you're out before the finals. So. The, the big thing in free agency is going to be everybody's going to be waiting on Kevin Durant. Everybody's going to be waiting on that first domino to fall to see where he goes and then where the chips land from there because that, that's the first move everybody has to see. Like, is Kevin Durant going to leave Golden State? If Kevin Durant leaves Golden State, then things open up a little more in the NBA and not everybody is necessarily – you're still trying to beat the Warriors, but it doesn't feel like the monumental task – that it's felt like for the past few years. Uh, even if they do win another championship, their fourth in, uh, in five years uh, this year, it just won't feel as monumental as it's felt the last few years with uh, with Kevin Durant. So that, uh, that domino, when it falls, it'll be interesting to see where Kawhi Leonard goes, particularly if they make the NBA Finals. And if they can make things interesting with the Warriors, you would have to think that he would lean towards coming back to uh, coming back to play in Toronto, unless he just really wants to be in Los Angeles and chooses to join the Lakers or chooses to uh, to join the Clippers, so it'll be interesting to uh, to watch and see and see if you know Toronto making it to the NBA Finals, how much of a factor that ends up playing in his uh, his free agency decision. And speaking of the Warriors, uh, the All NBA teams were announced uh, yesterday, and it was <laughs> it was reported to Clay Thompson before he had actually heard the news from a reporter. Uh, that he did not make the All-NBA team or any All-NBA team. And that keeps him from being eligible for the, uh, for the Supermax uh, when his contract comes up this, uh, this summer. And his reaction was one that was, he was clearly miffed. And you can understand why. It cost the guy like $30 million. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you can understand why Clay Thompson was clearly miffed. And I, I think he has good reason to be miffed. Klay Thompson is always overlooked as a member of the Warriors because he's not as flashy as stuff. He doesn't get to have the ball in his hands as much. He doesn't get the ball as much as Kevin Durant, and he's not as much of a boisterous personality as Draymond Green. So Klay Thompson, when it comes to that team, he's the most overlooked part of that team. Uh, but they wouldn't be the Warriors. They wouldn't be the Warriors as they currently are without Klay Thompson. There is no question about that. And I have a problem with the third team 
in particular. There, there are three guys that I could pull off of that third team and put Clay Thompson in. For one, Kimba Walker. Hornets, I mean, as great as Kimba is, and I, I love Kimba, and I hope he stays in Charlotte because the Hornets are going to be absolutely awful. They'll be one of the worst teams in the league without Kimba Walker. But, you know, it, they didn't make the playoffs. You know, there were, they were a few games out of making the playoffs. So, you know, I, I would certainly have no problem with Clay Thompson replacing Kimba Walker. In fact, I would make the case that he should. Also, when you make these all-NBA teams, I think we need to get away. I, I think you should only have to have, like, one true big man and one true guard. The rest, I think, should be kind of interchangeable because that's what we've gone to today is, is positionless basketball. So I, I think you could get rid of Rudy Gobert. Gobert is a terrific defensive player as he makes all-team defense every year, and he's in, been in the you know, discussion for defensive player of the year for the past uh, few years as well. But he's not a terrific offensive player. So I think Clay Thompson should have been on over him, and I think Clay, you could make the case, should have been on over Blake Griffin as well, even though Blake Griffin had a terrific season. So I, I would say that Clay Thompson actually got snubbed. Because I think he's a better player than three guys on that third team roster. I don't think it's I don't think it's all that close. And it's a shame that, you know, because of where he plays, because he plays for the best team in the NBA and a team that a lot of people are tired of, he kind of gets overlooked. Also, he's on the West Coast, so not as many people are up to see his games throughout the season. They're up during the postseason to see him, but not as much during the regular season and the all NBA teams are supposed to be more about the regular season. Now, whether you think that's the way it should be or not, that's the way it's supposedly supposed to be voted. But I, I think Clay Thompson certainly has a case to be upset and a reason to be upset for not making the All-NBA teams. Like I said, on that third team alone, I think you could take three guys off. Uh, and I would even make the case, you know, Clay is he's not as athletic as Paul George, but he's probably just as good of a sh- shooting guard as Paul George. Uh, and you know, you could make arguments, you know, about some other guys that made the teams on the first and second team, uh, as well, because he, he is, he's that important to the, uh, to the Warriors. So it's a shame that he, uh, he has to, uh, gotta be left out because of the great team that he, uh, that he plays for. Also, uh, switching gears a little bit, we touched on free agency, you know, coming up, uh, this summer. Uh, LeBron James has begun, reportedly, according to reports, has begun recruiting for the Lakers in terms of trying to land big-name free agents for this summer. He's uh, re- supposedly re- reached out to Kawhi. I wouldn't think Kawhi is very interested right now in having those kind of discussions because he's in the middle of trying to uh, pursue a title. He's also supposedly reached out to, uh, to Jimmy Butler, and I would have to think uh, Kyrie Irving as well. If I had to guess the guys that LeBron has the best chance of landing, the one that, you know, that we supposedly heard so far that I would guess is Jimmy Butler. Even though Jimmy Butler, I think, is a terrific fit in Philadelphia because I think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons need a hard-nosed guy like Jimmy Butler, a guy that's going to be hard on them and going to be make them be accountable. I think Jimmy Butler could certainly, would certainly like living in Los Angeles. I think his style of play fits with LeBron. He's a guy that doesn't necessarily need the ball. He can handle the ball. He's tough-nosed. He plays defense. Him and LeBron kind of stand for a lot of the same things. 
And I, I think he would be a good fit there. So I think Jimmy Butler's a guy they would have a great chance of landing. And, and because of, I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to be a Laker. That's my initial reaction right now. But I, I would have to think he's got it because of the past relationship and the past success. I would have to think he's got a decent chance, at least, of landing Kyrie Irving. Uh, just because of past success, past things that they've uh, they've been through together. They've mended their uh, their relationship when Kyrie reached out and apologized to him earlier this uh, this season, and, and everybody kind of said when that happened, you know, is that setting the table for a possible reunion? And it, it's interesting because now that Kyrie's out of the playoffs early, LeBron's not in the playoffs. They can have these conversations all they want about possibly teaming up. So it certainly makes makes things interesting uh, for the uh, for the Lakers. You know, trying to pursue a guy like Kyrie Irving, and possibly even gives them a little bit of a leg up because Kevin Durant, Kyrie, they're obviously probably not having those conversations right now, even though Kevin Durant's hurt. His team is still in the finals. Wouldn't necessarily be good form or to get for him to be having those discussions at this point. So the fact that LeBron you know, make, not making the playoffs, it could end up helping the Lakers in terms of him being able to recruit guys to come play for him. Now, the, the problem is how much... Do people believe in the Lakers and the way they are being run currently? Because, you know, Magic Johnson, when he was on first take earlier this week, as much as he says he loves the Lakers, wants what's best for them, wants them to win, loves Jeannie Buss like a sister, he says. I, you know, what he, what he went on there and said Monday on first take was, was awfully damaging to the way that the Lakers are being run. Now, you can view it as honest. And I can certainly agree with that, but honesty can be damaging. And I think that, you know, if players look at that and see, wow, that place is a dumpster fire, who would want to go play for an organization uh, that is that much in shambles and is being that poorly run uh, right now? So it'll be interesting to see the reaction that players have from, uh, from that conversation and that kind of fallout that has taken place there with the uh, with the Lakers but if I had to pinpoint one guy that I think LeBron James right now in free agency has the best chance of landing it would be Jimmy Butler because I think he's a great fit playing with LeBron and then also I think the Lakers need to get some shooting so maybe a guy like Tobias Harris could be an interesting fit for the uh, for the Lakers as well but obviously they'll go after bigger fish first they'll pursue Kawhi Leonard they'll pursue Kyrie Irving then maybe they end up circling back to to a guy like Tobias Harris if they uh, if they miss out on those uh, on those bigger name guys that we uh, we obviously discussed, uh, switching gears a little bit uh, away from the uh, from the NBA, uh, Ezekiel Elliott has uh, over the weekend I guess got himself into a little bit of a skirmish as I throw quotation marks around that with a security guard in uh, in Las Vegas, and, and this one you know while not a big deal, it, it's the continued problems for Ezekiel Elliott. It, it, it seems like there's something every offseason with Ezekiel Elliott where he gets in some little amount of trouble. You know, there was the accusations about the physical abuse, you know, whether that's ever been disproved or not, which side you take on that, you know, that's up to you, how you view it. If you're a Cowboys fan, I'm sure you don't, you think he's perfectly innocent and that, you know, can't say I necessarily blame you for that because that's what the guy means to the, uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. But the thing the Cowboys have to be careful with in terms of handling this, for one, 
They have to pay Dak Prescott, and they have to pay Amari Cooper. So they have to get they have to get this money situation right in terms of how they want to spend the money on their three best offensive players. Also, you know, I, I can understand wanting to make Ezekiel Elliott wait and wanting it to be a little bit of a punishment, saying, hey, we, we need an offseason of no trouble. We need you to show that you can be accountable, not getting any kind of you know, bad news headlines, bad publicity, or anything like that. But keep in mind, you also don't want to piss Ezekiel Elliott off. You don't want him uh, to say, hey, well, I don't need this. I can go elsewhere. I'll still get paid, because that's true. Ezekiel Elliott's one of the top three backs in the NFL, and he's such a huge part of the Cowboys' offense, as we've seen over the past few years, how much Dak Prescott struggles when he doesn't have Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. So it's a, it's a delicate balance for the Cowboys in terms of how they handle these contracts and also how much are they going to give Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He's certainly not elite or great. He's not going to lose you games most of the time, but he's also not necessarily going to make humongous plays that win you games. He's kind of somewhere in the middle. He, you know, you, you, People bring up guys like Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan and what the, the money that those guys are getting. So it'll be interesting to see you know, if he gets something in that realm. Does he get something a little less? He, he's going to be somewhere, you would think, between 20 and $30 million. He, he's not going to get what Aaron Rodgers and what Russell Wilson's got have gotten, and he certainly shouldn't at this point because he hasn't proven as much as those guys have at this point. He isn't as good as those guys are at this point uh, in, his, uh, in his NFL career. And then also they have to manage the money with, uh, with Amari Cooper as well because he's obviously a huge cog to their success. You see how much better you know, the offense got once Amari Cooper came over in that trade. Cowboys fans don't even mind that they gave up a first-round pick to get Amari Cooper now. That was all the discussion when that trade first happened. Is, are the Cowboys going to regret giving up a first-round pick? Well, at this point, the answer is no because of how much better uh, Amari Cooper made the, uh, made the Dallas Cowboys offense. So it, it's kind of a delicate balance for the Cowboys at this point in terms of how they handle this. Uh, also, I mean, this, this is the Cowboys. Let's keep in mind, you know, Jerry Jones, has been, he's been in the, the news for some knucklehead-type things. The Cowboys have a history of having guys who, who are knuckleheads. Michael Irvin, you know, the list, Julius Randle, had his issues off the field. The, the list goes on and on for the Dallas Cowboys. So it is very possible that Jerry Jones, as long as the issues continue to stay a little and nothing really comes for them, it's entirely possible that Jerry Jones will just kind of shrug his shoulders and pay Ezekiel Elliott anyway. And I think uh, Dallas Cowboy fans would certainly be okay with that rather than run the risk of, uh, of potentially losing such an elite talent like an, uh, like an Ezekiel Elliott. But it's certainly going to be interesting to watch and see how the, uh, how the Dallas Cowboys kind of weigh this out in terms of when they pay Ezekiel Elliott, how they prioritize Ezekiel Elliott and those and Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper as uh, as well. But that'll do it for this week's edition of the Stones Throw Podcast. As always, you can listen on SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. Also, make sure you like the Sports Carolina Monthly Facebook page.